Hey guys, welcome to Thrive Bites, the official podcast of Dr. Colin Zhu, aka The Chef Doc. On every episode, I talk with health and wellness experts from all over the world, such as doctors, chefs, dietitians, coaches, and many more. And I sit down with them and have casual conversations about plant-based lifestyle, how to elevate our emotional resilience, and what it really means to thrive. And I bring all of this to you. So let's get to this week's episode. Hey guys, well, welcome to another episode of Thrive Bites. I'm your host, Colin Zhu, and thank you for jumping on. Uh, we have a wonderful, wonderful guest. I'm so stoked uh, for him to be here. Um, this is Dr. Rizwan Bukhari. Um, say hi to everyone, Riz. Hi, everyone. How are you doing? <laughs> so for those of you who do not know Dr. Riz, um, basically, Dr. Riz grew up in Dallas, Texas. Um, he attended John Hopkins University, and then he went to medical school in the uh, University of Texas of Southwestern Medical School. And he's the owner of North Texas Vascular Center, where he works as a board-certified vascular surgeon, treating everything from aneurysms to carotid artery stenosis and all kinds of stuff, varicose veins. But... He lectures and teaches about plant-based nutrition to his community and also to healthcare professionals. So um, I can't wait to jump in. Um, my first question to you, Riz, is I love it when guests tell me their stories. You know, there's something about um, understanding where they come from, from point A to point B, and, uh, and it really paints a picture of how they came to really, really share uh, their love to helping people. So, you know, you have a very diverse uh, resume, and I would love to know, how did you go from physician to educator to speaker to, you know, really educating the community at large? So, yeah, thank you for asking. Uh, and, you know, I, I, too, am interested. Uh, obviously, when we meet people, I, I always want to know their story because we have we all have kind of our own path to how we got to where we are. Uh, for me, uh, it was actually kind of a, a dual path. I what I call a personal path and a professional path. Mm. Uh, and, you know, personally, I'd like many of us, probably like you and so many other people, uh, we're always interested in our own health. And so throughout my entire adult life, I've always wanted to be uh, the healthiest version of me possible. Yes, that includes exercise and and nutrition. And so I was always looking into different, you know, uh, uh, you know, what's the right diet? How should I be mm -hmm. eating? Uh, you know, how should I be exercising? That kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, and and uh, you know, uh, here I am. I'm in, I'm in my fifties at this point. Uh, but uh, and you look great. We met. We we just <laughs> saw each other like not too long ago. Um, we met in person, uh, him and your wife, and uh, yeah, you you guys look great. So well, well, thank you. I think uh, I'm, I'm hoping that it's the uh, uh, <laughs> the the uh, plant based nutrition and lifestyle uh, that's uh, helping us uh, age gracefully. Uh, but uh, you know, so by by the time I was in my 40s, personally, I had kind of settled into a routine of you know regular exercise that included uh, uh, cardio uh, and some uh, weight resistance, and then also uh, I kind of learned my eating habits from this. Uh, exercise program called P90X. There's this guy named Tony Morton who's well known. And, uh, and he had, uh, he, you know, he said, uh, uh, he, I liked what he said. He said, uh, for being healthy and, and for exercising and getting in shape, nutrition is 80% of the game. And so even though he was pushing an exercise program, he was uh, also stressing the importance of nutrition. 
And mm. for me, uh, I, I was uh, onto the kind of an extremely low fat diet. But the but one of the things that I was doing, which I don't do anymore, was high protein. So mm. I was always looking for lean meats and uh, putting a lot of protein into my diet. And so it was a high protein, high carbohydrate diet and a very low fat diet. Uh, and I, and I was physically, uh, you know, I was in pretty good shape. Uh, but very interestingly, uh, when you start to look a little bit deeper, kind of like, uh, and, and being a physician, I was able to do so. My blood mm-hmm. pressure was borderline high. Uh, my cholesterol was high. Mm. My triglycerides were high. Mm. Uh, my blood sugar was always running around a hundred. It was never kind of just in that kind of nice, that nice seventies range. And so there was things that, uh, kind of like under the surface that were, uh, even Brewing. though I thought I was being as healthy as possible, yeah. it just wasn't quite right. So there was always this little bit of, uh, kind of an unsettledness or uneasiness to them that maybe I hadn't quite, you know, find, found the right, uh, you know, kind of found the right solution yet. Uh, and then just a few years ago, uh, because of my wife, Maya, who has always also been interested in her health nutrition, she, uh, uh dragged me. And I say that kind of jokingly. Uh, mm-hmm. to see a guy named Rip Esselstyn, mm. uh, who was speaking at our Whole Foods uh, close by. And uh, he uh, uh, kind of caught my attention. And, and from there, I went on to watch Forks Over Knives and uh, looked at the China study and I uh, by T. Colin Campbell. Mm-hmm. And then I also uh, finally ended up reading uh, How to Prevent and Reverse Heart Disease by, uh, by Caldwell Esselstyn. Mm. And, uh, and, and these were some very eye-opening things for me. But I'm, I'm going to stop there too, because this is where, at this point, that's where my professional path also kind of joined together with my my, uh, my personal mm-hmm. path. And so let me take a step back then and also tell you what was going on professionally for me. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm, as, a, as a vascular surgeon, I see very sick patients. They all have high blood pressure, diabetes, coronary artery disease, and chronic kidney disease. Some of those, or even many of my patients have all of those things. And when they get to me, their, their arterial blockages, their peripheral arterial disease is so bad that they need typically a very acute operation, like a, mm-hmm. uh, a, a carotid endarterectomy to clean out the uh, carotid artery going to the mm-hmm. brain, uh, or a bypass of the leg because they've got gangrene. Right. Um, so, so, or, or a stent or an angioplasty to try to save their leg. And, uh, and what, a, after about 15 years of this, uh, I was becoming a little bit frustrated from the standpoint that I was plugging holes and putting out fires, but I was mm. not, I was not meaningfully, I'm, I, I, I feel good about what I do for my patients, but I wasn't helping them get better. They weren't wasn't they, effective they kept, in, in your eyes. Yeah, yeah. They were, they kept coming back and I would call them uh, repeat offenders. So I, <laughs> I would, I would fix one problem. And then a year later, they'd be back with, or six months later, they'd be back with another problem or, yeah. or it got worse. And, and that's because the disease process continues mm-hmm. uh, and and if I, I you know and I, I you probably know about the cartoon that we talked in orange yes. where the sink is overflowing yes. and uh, the doctors are sitting there mopping up the floor but no one's doing anything to turn off the sink or turn yeah. off the faucet mm-hmm. and that's kind of where I felt I had never seen that cartoon before but now that I've seen that that's the way I felt mm. I was I was mopping up the floor but I wasn't doing something to stop the process that was causing the problem Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. um, and interestingly enough, when I finished my vascular fellowship in 1998, I had been told there is no, uh, no, cu- no cure for atherosclerosis, no way to, uh, stop it. It's a chronic indolent 
disease that's going to progress. And the only thing you can do is what we do for our patients, which is bypasses and clean outs and things like that. Uh, and so even though Dean Ornish had published his seminal work on reversing uh, heart disease yeah. uh, about a decade earlier, uh, I think it was published in Lancet in 1990. And yep. yet th that wasn't that's so important. I don't know why they weren't teaching that to vascular fellows in the late 1990s. Yeah. And uh, so here I am. Let's fast forward then, like I said, to this point where I'm a little bit frustrated. Uh, I'm, uh, uh, my patients keep coming back and I'm not helping them. Uh, and, and then, so this is where the paths join. I, mm. I, I, you know, we go to, we go see Rip Esselstyn. Uh, I read these books and see these documentaries. And suddenly this, this disease that I treat that I had been told nothing could be done about other than operating. I found out that, well, either number one, we can prevent it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you're not doomed to have it. And number two, if you're aggressive enough with your diet, you can halt it or maybe even reverse it. And yeah. so this was, this was very meaningful for me, both personally and professionally. Uh, and, and, and that's when I made a, a personal change in my diet. Uh, and that's also when I started to uh, share the message with my patients as part of I, I, and as you know, as physicians, we always talk to patients about risk factor modification, yep. stop smoking, yep. lose weight, eat better. Yep. But I became way more specific about the diet. It wasn't me just telling them eat healthier. It was now yeah. uh, it, I was advising them on a plant on a plant based diet, plant based nutrition yeah. and how it was uh, helpful for them as far as uh, arresting their disease process and making their lifestyles better. And um, and then from there, I. Uh, uh, my wife and I, it became so important to us that we wanted to share this message to people beyond my patients who already had the disease. We wanted to learn uh, to try to get people to, uh, we wanted to get to the community and try to teach people how not to get the disease. Yeah. And so, and that's where, you know, about two years ago, we really became very active and aggressive and it's just taken on a life of its own. And it's very exciting because, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, we get to meet people like you and we participate in the meeting. And excexcitingly, as you know, uh, uh, I've just recently become board certified in lifetime. Medicine. Yes, yes, yes. Congratulations. Everyone go well, see him. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, and I don't do that because uh, uh, to to get uh, patients as much as uh, I wanted to further my education. And, yes, and, of course. And join a part of, of this movement. So yeah. you can kind of see now where my personal professional path joined and uh, it just was so meaningful for me to know that uh, it kind of reinvigorated my spirit as a healer. Mm. Uh, and because I now, uh, this frustration that had been building up in me, now I saw a pathway to where I can try to help people actually live a healthier life. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and interesting, personally, all those things I told you about within four months, and it might've been sooner, but the next time I check a lot of my parameters, was about four months after I went plant-based. My, my uh, blood sugar normalized, my hypertension, my borderline hypertension went away. Mm. Uh, you know, my cholesterol is uh, 150, my LDL's 70. Incredible. Uh, you know, my triglycerides normalized. So all these things, uh, to me, that was kind of a, a personal anecdote or personal proof that changing your diet uh, to this uh, new way of eating, uh, and it's what I call a lifestyle. It's not a diet, like, a, you know, like yeah. a keto diet or, yeah. you know, uh, or a Weight Watchers thing. A life, lifestyle change. Yeah, it's a lifestyle change. And, and within a few months, uh, it, all, it all got better. Yeah. So, so well, there you go. Long, long story. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for sharing. Um, I think it's very important to talk about 
how things come in full circle, right? Because, you know, the, the, how you got here is made up of so many different things that led to this very moment. And so, you know, really retelling the story, um, you know, definitely, uh, you know, paints a, a picture, not only for us and for the audience members, but also, you know, reminds you of, you know, where you've traveled and where you traveled from and how it's important to get to this point. And, it's, you know, we'll talk about more about it later, but it's lifestyle medicine, um, the work that we do, it's really at the core of it is really about um, working on yourself. It's walking your talk. It's, you know, doing what you are also preaching to your patients, you know, and I think that that that's that makes, you know, lifestyle medicine very um, or at least using evidence based approaches uh, lifestyle approaches to help patients. You know, I think that makes it, you know, the difference. No, I was going to say, absolutely. I think that we have to be uh, shining examples for our patients. We can't be uh, obese and sedentary and, and tell our patients they have to eat well and exercise. Uh, it, it, there's, it carries no credibility. Uh, yeah. But when, but when we, when we walk the talk, uh, it's a lot easier. And I, and I, and, you know, my patients will sometimes I'll sit there and talk to them and then they'll say, well, well, well do you do this Dr. Bukhari? And I say, absolutely. Um, I believe in it so much that I yeah. believe I need to be an example. Uh, and yeah. I can't I can't preach it to you unless I do it myself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's there's a lot of surveys, polls and, um, you know, studies that they find that, you know, medical education, we don't have enough of it. Um, Twenty seven percent of, um, you know, all medical schools require nutrition uh, was the last survey back in 2010. A lot of residents and medical students are not as confident. A lot of healthcare providers are not as confident with, you know, giving this type of information because of that very reason. It's, you know, not only for the lack of knowledge, but also, you know, just not not being comfortable enough um, you know, to dispel this information and probably, you know, also from their personal, um, you know, uh, well-being, personal history, you know, they don't, you know, do it themselves. I mean, it, it wasn't too long ago where, you know, doctors were smoking, you know, um, right, within right. hospitals and, you know, physician offices and clinics. And, you know, it's, um, you know, it's very, very important that doctors, um, you know, we are those role models. We are those community leaders. And I'm very um, happy and glad that you have embarked on this journey, you and your wife, uh, to get to this point. Because at the end of the day, you know, it, you know, just like raising a child, it takes a tribe. You know, it takes togetherness. Right. And, I, and, and uh, what's encouraging is that we see these kind of, uh, we're not the only ones doing it. So many people are doing it in their own community. And and that's what we love. And, and uh, uh, so we see that uh, there's a lot of people who kind of feel this uh, uh, kind of this mission to uh, help spread the word and, and promote health and wellness um, uh, in, our, in our community, in our country, and in the world. Hey, guys, we're going to be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, going back a little bit about, you know, you had talked about your before and after numbers in terms of your um, markers. Um, did you feel anything different, you know, before you went on plant-based? Was there something um, that you felt like um, maybe you were more lethargic, more fatigued, not sleeping well? Was there anything of that sort or were things just more, um, you know, more objective in terms of your numbers? Well, I, I had, you know, for me, uh, being a doctor and a surgeon, I'm very numbers and, and data driven. So mm-hmm. that that stuff meant a lot to me. Uh, and then, of course, uh, I feel like I'm very I'm, I'm pretty energetic and uh, uh, I've got a lot I've got a lot of energy for a guy my age and I work long hours. So I, I feel like that this this lifestyle is uh, is, is suited for me. Uh, it, now, I will tell you that I transitioned a little bit slowly. Oh, it took me a, yeah, I did it over the course of a few months. I've seen people who tell me when they went, you know, they made a tra- uh, overnight transition, they felt a difference very quickly. Mm-hmm. I wonder be- if, uh, because I transitioned rather slowly that I just didn't have that aha moment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's not, I, I do feel, I mean, I, I have plenty of energy and I run all day long, mm-hmm. uh, but I like, I can't really pinpoint a, a moment where there was that sudden yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, great, then, great. But man, I'll tell you too, you know, because the lifestyle of a surgeon being on call and getting calls all night, the whole sleep thing uh, has always been an issue for me. But I'll tell sure. you, getting into this uh, has made me pay particular attention to the fact that I need to uh, focus on these things. And so I've been working on those things over, uh, you know, the course of uh, since I've since I've become plant based and, and lifestyle oriented. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so my next question to you is that, you know, from a vascular uh, surgeon's perspective, and, you know, you had talked about uh, Dr. Um, Esselstein's work um, uh, with um, his uh, his uh, surgery work, and then you also have uh, Dr. Dean Ornish with his seminal work, like you mentioned, um, back in 1990. And obviously from a surgeon's perspective and, you know, knowing the data that they produced and the procedures that they, you know, uh, mentioned, it was a, um, you know, it was a very groundbreaking, you know, eye-opening uh, work. You know, I think uh, Dr. Ornish's work, you know, he produced it at uh, one year and then he did a follow-up study at five years. I'm curious to know, you know, is there anything within your patient population or the work you've done um, uh, over the last, uh, you know, a couple of years, you know, since you've been uh, transitioning and stuff and teaching uh, patients, you know, have you noticed anything different in terms of um, maybe like health, health outcomes or maybe, you know, uh, patients just anecdotally saying that they're, you know, feeling a lot better? Yeah. So, you know, in, in my, in kind of my, my traditional clinical setting, which is a little bit different than a research setting, yeah, uh, like Dr. Ornish had or Dr. Esselstyn had, had, Esselstyn had. Uh, it's a little bit harder to track these things. And uh, uh, what I would say is that uh, there's a, a kind of keeping it real for every 20 patients I counsel, one may latch onto the idea. Mm. So it's kind of pretty uh, typical that uh, it's the same way when, uh, you know, I would counsel patients on quitting smoking. One out of 20 might quit. Mm. Um, and, and now they they're this is a new message to many of my patients. Uh, they've never heard this before about, you know, plant-based nutrition. All they've ever been told, even by their primary care doctors and their cardiologists, is you just need to eat healthier. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And but what does that mean? And then they're just kind of left to go figure it out on their own. Uh, and now I'm I'm very specific about it. So um, they're all hearing this message, and that's what I want to do is I want to plant the seed. But then the, how many truly grab on? I'd say it's about one in twenty. 
Mm-hmm. And so, to, to, and then uh, the other thing to, you know, kind of point out is that my patients already have very advanced disease, uh, which needs angioplasties and stents and atherectomies and bypass mm-hmm. operations mm-hmm. and endarterectomies. So uh, it's not like I'm going to leave them alone and then have them of course. Uh, do, the, do, do the lifestyle changes and hope and see if they get better because these guys are already having strokes and they already have gangrene. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but, uh, uh, what, so again, what I rely on in these patients is the more objective things that we can look at. Yeah. Did there, is their hemoglobin A1C normalizing over time? Mm-hmm. Is their blood pressure improving? Is their cholesterol coming down? Is their LDL coming down? Those kind of things. Are the triglycerides coming down? And those are the, those are also, uh, you know, we use those things too, to positively reinforce the lifestyle of those who actually begin to, uh, adopt it. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so those are the things that I see more commonly. I can't, it, and it's, it's very hard to prove reversals of atherosclerosis because you also would have to take them back for further angiography and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like what, you know, Dr. Ornish has done. And, yeah. And so of I'm, course those were within the confines of a clinical study where they, yeah, can, yeah. Very, very isolated controlled in environments. And, um, you know, I'm just very, very happy and fortunate that, you know, we have, you know, the research and evidence, you know, to back it up to kind of, you know, he spearheaded, you know, uh, a lot of this stuff and it leaves us, you know, with uh, a better foundation, you know. So I'm, I, I love the work uh, that you do with the community, um, you know, off of your mission, mission statement, you know, you had mentioned that you love educating, you love empowering, um, you know, you talk to professionals um, and the community at large. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm curious to know from your observations over time, you know, what do you feel are the biggest misconceptions that you hear from your community members or your patients about um, food or nutrition or, you know, basically when you're teaching them, like what do they come to you um, already having these, you know, sometimes misconceptions you could say or miss, like what, what commonly have you heard and how do you debunk it? Right. Of course, the biggest one, and it's no secret, and, and you've heard it a million times too, is probably the first thing they'll say is, uh, you know, what about, where am I going to get my protein from? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so we all hear that. And, and of course we, you know, we know that there's plenty of protein in the plant-based diet. I, I address it from several standpoints. I talk to them about how uh, the, a, a 100 calorie meal of beans has the same amount of protein as a 100 calorie meal of meat. Uh, and then I also talk to them about, you know, I'll just say how meat protein is bad uh, and has associations with cancers uh, and then, you know, we'll talk, I also address the fact that protein is overrated in our society. Um, yeah. most Americans get two times as much protein as they need. Kids get two, three times as much protein as they need. And that much protein is bad for people. Uh, and so I, I, I kind of address the protein issue from, from multiple points. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I'll, I'll say that in, in our, in our society, whether someone's plant-based or vegan, uh, uh, or, or, or the or on the standard American diet, protein deficiency doesn't really exist. in the United States. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, people kind of over, uh, emphasize the protein thing. And I, and I even talked to them about how this is, uh, you know, it, it, there's a lot of misinformation that's put out there on purpose yeah. so as to confuse people and make them think that protein is that important so that they'll eat a lot more meat. Yeah. Um, so those are kind of the, the, the tactics I take. Uh, the other thing I'll bring up with people is, uh, you know, uh, we're not really a protein deficient society. We're a fiber deficient society Yeah, uh, and, and address that with them and show them how uh, a, plant-based, a plant-based diet is uh, 
not only going to get you enough protein, but it's going to get you plenty of fiber and talk about the protective effects of that, as well as the phytonutrients and antioxidants and vitamins and minerals in a plant-based diet. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's, uh, that's kind of, and it's interesting that that protein misconception, uh, it, not, it doesn't just apply to my patients, it applies to my colleagues as well. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's shocking to me that, uh, that because they're, they're, they're thinking the same thing. Right. And, and of course, so it, it all gets back to what you said earlier, where, uh, most physicians don't get, uh, not only, you, you know, the 27% that currently exist, that's not, uh, they probably don't even get a, a reasonable yeah. amount of nutritional training. They probably no. just get a couple of hours. Yeah. And, and so they don't get a reasonable amount of training. And so physicians, uh, in our society are subject to the same cultural, social, and political forces that shape our opinions that, uh, that our patients and the general public are as well. And so they're no, they're no more well-educated on general nutrition than the public. Now, I would say physicians know about the physiology of nutrition, you know, mm-hmm. calories and proteins and carbohydrates, but that's breaking it down to the, you know, uh, the macro level rather than kind of the, uh, the bigger thing. And, right, and, right. and so then when a physician, uh, you know, out in the community is asked, they're just going to speak their opinion. And, and, and yet they speak their opinion as if it's kind of uh, a fact because patients look up to them for advice. Exactly. Exactly. And that's where, that's where we have this unfortunate issue where then patients get also, you know, you go to 10 different doctors, you're going to get 10 different opinions about what the, how to eat. Uh, and I find that unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, personally, um, addressing the medical requirement, um, you know, personally, I only received about 10 credit hours and most of it was biochemistry. I don't know mm-hmm. if you received more or, or less, but oh, I got, I got none, you know, oh, you got none. Years. Yeah. Okay. Now remember, I, I'm probably a little bit older than you. I went to medical school in the late eighties. Uh-huh. So, uh, you know, nutrition wasn't, you know, even on the horizon. So, you know, we got, like I said, we learned about the Krebs cycle and we learned about, you know, uh, protein calories and carbohydrate calories and fat calories, uh, and things like that. But we didn't learn about, you know, kind of the bigger picture. Did your, did you feel like your medical school training was more, um, more heavily emphasized in terms of pathophysiology and pharmacology? Of course. And that's what, that's what modern healthcare is. It's not healthcare, Mm. it's sick care. And we're, Mm. you know, we are, and I, you know, I, I'm not trying to take away from our, uh, our, our physicians. We're very good at treating, uh, you know, disease, uh, but we're not good at teaching people and how to prevent disease and how to stop. And that's what we need to do because uh, as you well know, probably 80% of the chronic illness that we deal with towards the end of life is preventable if we live a different lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And for the audience members, um, you know, pathophysiology and pharmacology is basically just studying, you know, how disease is created and how it works. And pharmacology is understanding how, you know, our drugs work. And um, and we mentioned these things because it's important to emphasize, you know, on a uh, broad spectrum. And every medical school uh, training is different is where, um, you know, we don't get as much as we would prefer. Um, more of the health maintenance and the prevention and, you know, and just staying healthy, you know, just, just being well, as opposed to, you know, we, 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 we emphasize more on, you know, how did we get sick and, you know, and staying sick and what do we do about it? We don't do the opposite. And I think, you know, where Dr. Riz and I, it's, you know, we had to go outside, you know, outside of all this to get the extra training. And that's, that's how we got here. Right. And I, and so, like I say, I'm not trying to take away from, uh, you know, the, the physicians and medical schools, 
but their focus is on treating disease. And uh, I do believe that uh, we need to change our focus uh, and incorporate some of those things into our curriculum to try to prevent disease because our, our, you know, our society is heading in the wrong direction. Uh, And and, uh, it's a pretty unsustainable trajectory where we're heading. Uh, So I, I believe that prevention is key. Hey guys, we're going to be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so on that note, um, I love to talk about, um, you know, uh, what makes, you know, my guests thrive. Um, and that's really the centerpiece of uh, the show is really, you know, we, we, we do talk about diet and lifestyle and all these different things, but really at the core of it is the essence of the person. And so um, I had noticed that you and your wife has, you know, they, you've gone on a retreat, a spirituality retreat. And um, mm-hmm. I would love to kind of talk a love for you to kind of talk about that because i think it'd be interesting from you know your your perspective and you know having worked as a surgeon you know why did you feel like that um you know that was important for you and your wife to do and how does that play into everything well you know when we talk about this is uh kind of interesting when uh when on our path both maya and i were on a path uh and we started with plant-based nutrition as a uh as a way for better health. Uh, and, uh, and, and in, in researching it and learning about it, we came across the blue zone concept, which mm-hmm. is, you know, the, the five areas in the world where uh, we have the people who live, have the most concentration of centenarians uh, or people who live to be a hundred or more, but not only do they just live to be a hundred or more, but they also live a, a healthy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, this, uh, this thing about longevity, but, uh, but not just being, not just living longer, but, being healthy when you live longer, which is kind of, so for me, one of the driving forces about that was, uh, like I said, I'm seeing my patients from their fifties to sixties and maybe dying in their seventies, dying young and, mm. and spending the last many years of their lives, uh, it, not enjoying their lives in and out of hospitals, spending all their money, having lots of medications, multiple operations. And so, uh, living longer and healthier was important to us. And so we we came across this uh, blue zone concept in, in mm. you know, in our, in our, uh, in our searches and, our, and, and, but, and some of the things that the blue zones taught were not just about diet, but it was also about uh, physical activity and getting plenty of sleep and having a sense of community and having uh, spirituality in your life. And so there was these uh, multiple facets to the blue zones and we, uh, and Maya and I began to realize it's not just about the way you eat. There's many other aspects about lifestyle that are important uh, and that, that are characteristics of these people who live longer, healthier lives. Uh, and, and then, of course, that led us to uh, the American College of Lifestyle Medicine, which has a very uh, similar kind of uh, set of tenets, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so we felt like, well, that's where we kind of settled is that that's where our, our home is, is that. It's not just about the food. The food is extremely important, but it's also about yeah, eating well. Uh, I mean, uh, getting sleep and rest. It's about having a sense of community. And, in, and a part of that is uh, spirituality. Uh, and so, uh, you know, this retreat we went on was, uh, you know, kind of us taking some, 
but we, we, you know, we just came back from the uh, American College of Lifestyle Medicine meeting, which we, we saw you at. And we, of course, had a little bit of reinvigoration of our spirit. We're like all excited about. Uh, it was a, it was a great, great yeah. event. Yeah. And so we were all excited. We said, you know, we need exactly like you just said, Colin, was focus on taking care of ourselves. Yes. Uh, sometimes we get so busy uh, taking care of everybody else uh, that. And, and I'll tell you, you know, even part of our mission where, where, where we go out and give talks and we do potlucks and movie screenings, we, we, my and I even get carried away with that. And then sometimes we forget to take care of ourselves. Yeah. And, and so we, we came back from the meeting going, okay, we need to refocus. Uh, we do need to take care of ourselves uh, if we want to be able to be there for others. And uh, so uh, the opportunity came up uh, to go to the, the, the retreat. And so we uh, just jumped on it and took it. So yeah. it was nice, so, you know, to get away, uh, no TV out in the country, uh, uh, yoga classes, meditation, different things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so and, and then, then that, you know, you come back from that and it kind of reminds you to, to build that into your daily practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Um, and the reason why I bring that up, it's because, you know, physician wellness in our, you know, realm um, has been a very hot topic. Um, and also, you know, the talk about burnout and the talk about, you know, physician suicide. You know, when I first mm-hmm. learned about the rates of how many doctors, it's uh, upwards of almost a doctor a day, you know, sometimes. Right. And it's shocking because, you know, we, you know, we're already in a healthcare physician doctor shortage. And it's just <laughs> imagine, imagine, you know, losing one of us, you know, that possibly has a patient panel or patient um, uh, collection of upwards of, uh, it could be like 2000 plus right, or, right. you know, if, if you're in a busy practice, right? right? So it's important to emphasize to our audience members you know, some of them are healthcare professionals that physician wellness is um, super important. And it, it's it's important to take the time out for yourself. You know, if you do a lot of, you know, lifestyle counseling and you're like Dr. Riz and, you know, you do all these community events, which are great, you know, it's, it's important. And like he does, it's, you know, we're checking ourselves to make sure that we're well and good as well. Yeah. I mean, that's extremely important. And, and physician burnout, physician wellness has become a huge topic in the last few years, right? I mean, mm-hmm. because it's become very evident that we have not typically been very good at taking care of ourselves. Uh, that's why the suicide rights, rates are high. The drug abuse and alcoholism yes. rates are very high. Yes. Uh, and, uh, and, and, you know, it's, uh, you see, it's not unusual to see obese, sedentary physicians uh, who pretty much spend all day taking care of other patients, but then they don't take time to take care of themselves. And Definitely. burnout, of course, in our current, in our current society is huge. Uh, and so, you know, addressing physician wellness will go a long ways towards hopefully changing the profession where you can keep these physicians in the profession and keep them healthy to take care of people for the long run. Yeah, yeah. And I, I interviewed um, another physician that um, is a meditation expert and really emphasizes spirituality as medicine. And uh, I like what she says is that it's not so much about burnout as it is about you know, really losing your passion. And I think that, you know, with self-care and uh, taking care of yourself, um, it gives you enough time and opportunity to, you know, uh, to go back within, to go back to why, you know, why we're doing this in in the first place. You know, you had mentioned um, that, you know, when you had started your journey from the personal to the professional, it reminded you 
what it means to be a healer, right? Mm-hmm. Because at the end Absolutely. of the day, that's the that's the root nature of a physician. You know, it's really about, you know, healing, you know, not only ourselves, but, you know, others, right? Absolutely. I mean, it, you know, you go back to all the, you know, back to our younger days when we were uh, innocent and didn't know, you know, we, we all wanted to be, we all wanted to take care of other people. We wanted to help other people. And, and it's, it's a shame that once physicians have been into this for 20, 25 years, they yeah. become jaded and they they, Definitely. You know, they, they lose their interest. So yeah. I, you're, I think you're right. But taking that time to go within, to reflect, uh, it help, will, can help recenter and refocus. You know, yeah. you kind of have to, you'd have to do it on a regular basis. It can't be just, you know, uh, yeah, it, 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 yeah, it's yeah, <laughs> it's not it's not like a vacation, you know, like yeah. the time that you finally get a chance. It's doing something little, uh, a little bit each day, and it could be like five minutes or ten minutes of you know, if meditation is something you resonate with, you can do that, or maybe like an hour of physical activity, or you know, just being with your spouse, a partner, or a family friend. You know, it's whatever, um, whatever speaks to you. You know, so. Exactly. Exactly. There's, oh. no right, there's no right one answer. I mean, it's it's exactly like you said. If you if we just tried to tell everybody there's only one way to do it, um, you know, there, there's too many individuals out there, and everybody enjoys something different. So, oh yeah, oh you, yeah. You do have to, you might have to explore and find what's important to you. What, what yeah. exactly like you said, what speaks to you? Definitely, definitely. Riz, I love this. Um, I'm going to close out. Um, I love learning. And you had mentioned this a little bit before, you know, what has made you personally thrive? You know, like what gets you up in the morning? You know, like when you look yourself in the mirror and said, you know, like I'm this is what this is why I'm, you know, this day has been worth it because of X, Y and Z. You know, what has made that feeling, you know, manifest? And then from there, I would love to learn, you know, um, I'm very action oriented and I love for you to impart three tips for our audience members to improve their lives right now. OK, OK. Well, you know what 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 gets me up in the morning, what, what invigorates me, what makes me happy is that uh, when I when I feel like I've helped someone and and it can be, you know, through my traditional profession as a vascular surgeon, where I've done something that's made a tremendous impact in their lives and, and, and has made them better. Or, or even now, like I said, now through, uh, through the work that we're doing with uh, mm-hmm. lifestyle medicine, plant-based nutrition. Uh, so those, those, those things do get me up every day and, and make me excited. Uh, and uh, I, I look forward to having, it is, it is kind of a selfish thing, really, where I feel happy because, and rewarded because somebody uh, uh, is, is better because of something that I've done, mm. but, you know, but, uh, you know, maybe, maybe it's, like, you know, positive feedback or something. <laughs> I don't think it's selfish at all. I mean, like you're doing great work and, you know, if, if, if patients are able to reflect that back to you, you know, that's just positive reinforcement, if anything. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I think that the first thing that comes to my mind, uh, is just that, uh, a- as a society, we are becoming so unhealthy. Uh, that I would like people to just take a step back and uh, take a look within and say, let's not continue to go down this path. What can I do to uh, uh, focus on myself and become healthier uh, so that uh, I can live a better life? Uh, And so it's just, uh, I I want people to, the the number one thing then basically is for us to become more aware. Mm. I think that, I think that we're kind of walking around like zombies Mm. uh, where we're, or, or we have blinders on where we're kind of ignoring or we're putting our head in the sand where we kind of know something that's going on, but we're not taking the, 
for a moment, t- the time to reflect and say, okay, yeah, there really is something going on. Let's, let's become more self-aware so that we can make a change. Yeah. So for, for me, I'd, I'd, I'd love to impart that on people is please take a look uh, and, 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 and recognize that we need to change the way we're doing things. Self-reflection. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think that's important. And, and, and then along the same lines, understand and recognize that it's important to take care of yourself. Uh, and if, because if you don't do it, you're going to end up being on my table at a premature age and, 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 and not live a long, healthy life. You're going to live a, a shorter, miserable life for the last 10 or 15 years, of, uh, yeah. uh, you know, are, are exactly as I described earlier. And, and then I guess the, the last thing I, you know, I'd probably impart on people is please understand that, uh, uh, we have the power, uh, to, uh, be healthy. And, uh, and that, so can you, that's kind of one of my missions. If you read my bio, you know, I kind of have those four things that mm-hmm, we want to do it. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. one is I want to empower people to understand or help people understand they have the power, uh, to, uh, take control of their lives, uh, through the actions that they take. One of them, of, of course, most importantly being, uh, the nutrition. So they, they, they we're not doomed just because your mom or dad had a stroke or a heart attack, uh, uh, or, or lost leg or had diabetes, we're not doomed to have those things. You can take control of your life by making uh, positive changes. Mm-hmm. So that, that's kind of the stuff I would share with you in parting. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate, uh, you know, you giving, you know, yourself, your story, and how everything came into full circle. I think that was very important. So um, if the audience members are, you know, curious and want to learn more about you and you know you and your uh, wife's work um where can they look you up so uh, you know we have a lot of resources on the internet we have a uh you know a couple of igs a facebook we have a podcast uh and we even have a youtube channel so uh but the uh, rather than list all of those things uh we have one central resource which is our which is our website mm-hmm. where people can go to and all of these things are are available and you can kind of look at them and so our website is of course, www, but plantbaseddfw.com, uh, all one word, dot com, plantbaseddfw.com, DFW being Dallas-Fort Worth. And so if they want to go to that website, they can, uh, you know, we've got a lot of resources there, uh, our stories there. Um, we have uh, some recipes and, uh, and then uh, links to all of our uh, different things and resources. So that's where I would say people should yeah. go to, to get started. Awesome. And, and, and I will uh, include that into the episode notes. So uh, do not fear. <laughs> so Riz, thank you so much for coming on to the show. I really, really appreciate, you know, your, your story and your energy and what you bring to the table. It was fantastic to see you and your wife at the last meeting. Um, and um, I, um, I, I can't, you know, I, I love that we're, you know, doing this together and, um, you know, amongst other physicians are, that are in the similar boat and, um, you know, you're a trailblazer. So um, I really appreciate your work. Well, thank you, Colin. It was a pleasure to meet you. I finally put a face to the name uh, <laughs> who we've known for so long. And uh, it was a pleasure <laughs> to meet you. Thank you for having me on your show. Uh, and uh, I look forward to seeing you soon. Goodbye, everybody. Okay. Yeah. This guy, this has uh, been another episode of Thrive Bites, everyone. Thank you for listening in, and uh, we'll see you on the next one. Take care, everyone. Hey, 
Hey guys, that was another episode of Thrybytes. If you liked that episode, please subscribe and follow weekly for new episodes. And don't forget to rate us on Apple Podcasts.